Hey, Revelation Wellness Community, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We are so glad that you have tuned in today for a new episode of Revving the Word with our host, Elisa Keaton. She is starting a brand new series today, and she's going to be teaching us on the parables told by Jesus. Today, we're going to start off in the story of the seed and the soil, where we're going to lean in close and understand and receive God's truth in the soil of our hearts. And it's a powerful parable, friends. You don't want to miss it. But before we press play, we want to make sure that you are getting the reminder that there are only three days left to sign up for walking the words of Jesus. We know we've reminded you several times, but every time we close one of these programs or challenges, we hear from people that say, I missed it. How did I miss it? So we're telling you one more time, registration closes June 9th, and you don't want to miss out on this brand new walking program. Each day for 21 days, you will receive a 20-minute guided walking prayer. You'll also receive access to our Facebook group with coaching from our coaches, weekly live training calls with Elisa, and many more resources and training so that you can learn how to walk correctly, remain injury-free, and more. Friends, it's not about the calories or the steps. It's about us entering into the heart of worship by walking with prayerful hearts. This is a pick your price challenge. You can join for any donation amount. You can swipe up today to register for three more days. And don't forget, if this episode of Revving the Word or any of our podcasts have blessed you, share it with a friend and leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the good news of Jesus through these podcast episodes to the ends of the earth. We will see you soon in all the places and enjoy today's episode. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. I woke up today, I was thinking of Take a snake. deep breath. Make it audible. Exhale. Do a few of those. Again, maybe shake. Shake your arms like noodles. <laughs> maybe even tap your thighs a bit. Get in your body. Get present. Get right here and right now. Okay, welcome. I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, creator of Revving the Words, this podcast. But we have a lot of great contributors here as well because I love sharing good news and seeing people take the news for themselves and share it with others. Here's good news. God reigns and rules. He's not anxious. He's not scared. He's not confused. 
He is all-knowing and ever-present. So let's lift our heads. We're prone to looking down, staring at our feet, or gazing at our navels. Paul says that we can be navel gazers, kind of so stuck in our own mindset, thinking of our life, <laughs> that things get smaller and smaller. But when we lift our heads, drop our shoulders down, widen our chest, take a deeper breath, we create some expanse, some perspective. That's what we're gonna do in this time. Get in our bodies, create some expanse, gain some perspective, turn off your calorie counters. Those will just distract you. Trust your body. Let's say that right now. Body, I trust you. I bless you, my body. Thank you for working today. Thank you for providing oxygen right now. You're working. Good job, body. Thank you, God, for the gift of life that fills these bodies right now. So, God, we welcome you here. Come and have your way in this time. Truly, make new neural pathways, new ways of thought, so that we leave here different. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, on a scale of one to 10, purposeful movement, you're about a five, meaning you are moving your body with the intention of engaging tension. You're actively stressing your body out, but in a healthy range. This is good for you. All the hormones that get released, neurotransmitters. It's good for you. So good for you. Now, summer is upon us. And we're going to spend some time the next few weeks. I always pray about what we're going to press into and move our bodies. Consider while we move. And I felt like the Lord want us, wants us to spend some time in parables. Here's the thing, parables, when I first read the Bible, which please, read your Bible. Read your Bible, yo. Read your Bible. You not reading your Bible and outsourcing it to other people, it's like other people chewing food for you and then spitting it in your mouth. Come on. So I encourage you this week, what we study, which is going to be in Matthew, the parable of the sower of seeds, meditate on it this week, study it for yourself, read it for yourself, read it over and over. Okay. Pinky swear, partner with me. Come on. I'm not interested in creating lazy Christians, lazy disciples, healthy disciples 
know how to cut with a knife and a fork the own, their own meat, their own word of God, their own word of God. So parables. Jesus spoke in parables. And when I first read the Bible, they frustrated me a bit. So I got it, I get it. But here's the thing about parables. They separate those who have ears to hear and those who don't. So although I was a little frustrated by it, my ears were listening. I needed the word. I wanted to understand. If I didn't want to understand and I only wanted my own storyline to be true, I will walk right by it. I'll be offended by it, frustrated by it. But Galatians says that we're blessed. It's a good thing when our flesh is opposed to our spirit and our spirit opposed to our flesh. Let the spirit win, bow down. Confess right now, you need the word of God. You need him to speak to you. And if he doesn't speak to you and cut you to the heart, there will be no change. There will be no new life. So that's what we're gonna do. Into the sower of the seeds. So here we go. I'm gonna read it to you starting verse 13 or chapter 13, verse one. I'm probably gonna have a little silence because I'm gonna run out of music and I want you just to listen. Verse one, think in pictures. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Great crowds gathered about him. So they got into the boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, hold the silence. A sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground when they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundred, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the word of the Lord. All right, a parable. First of all, I love the setup here that Matthew tells us that Jesus went out and sat beside the sea and a crowd gathered around him and he gets in a boat. Why? Because the acoustics would be better. They had no amplification system in these days. So he'd push out into a boat and let the waves and the water help amplify his voice. And a whole crowd 
stood on the beach and he began to tell them many things in parables. Parables. It's another word for story. And you do know this. Your life is created in the context of a story. You actually remember things better in a story. It's true. This is why when your pastor teaches or a teacher teaches, they just teach you concepts. Yeah, it's okay. But when they can apply the concepts to something you already know or experience, bang, we got movement. We can hang on to that. We can hold on to that. But now, only if I want to hold on to it. And that's what a parable is about. So we're going to spend the next few weeks going over some parables. So let me give you a little more backstory on parables and why they matter. Parables, the story kind of hides the truth from the crowd. It's like putting medicine <laughs> in a cookie, <laughs> right? It, it gives you something you tangibly can, can apply or can grab onto, but the truth gets hidden in there. It communicates something that just concepts won't. You have to lean into a parable. You have to lean into a story and know what God wants us to know. Leaning into it is something followers of Christ do. Be a seven, guys. On a scale of one to seven, one to ten, start being a little breathless, but comfortably able to move. Seven is moderate intensity. Right about here is where your hippocampus, the part of your brain responsible for memory and learning, kicks in. It's, it's, it's stepped up to the dumbbell and it's starting to curl. It's starting to engage, grow, get big, get big hippocampus, get big. Teach us God, teach us. Right, when you were little, your parents didn't read you from concepts from a calculus book, they read you a story. We like story. Parables either harden a person's heart or elicit a positive response, depending on what you're looking for. What you're looking for, when you come to Jesus, you will find. So he says, I, this is why I teach in parables. Because those who have ears will hear it, and those who have eyes will see it. Who's looking for a little Easter egg hunk today? Come on. All throughout this day, God has hidden his truth in the story of the day. Without rhythm, your heart would be without direction. Lean into it. It's great payoff. And so tonight we say, hip, hip, chin, chin, the rhythm set. Different areas of your brain light up when someone, telling, someone is telling a story. One study of listeners found that the brain networks that process emotions 
arising from sounds, along with the areas involved in movement, are activated during emotional parts of a story. Do you know this? That your brain waves actually start to synchronize with those of the storyteller? That's from a professor of psychology at Princeton University. Come on. See, Jesus, he's like, I got a crowd. Let me get them all on the same wavelength. I'm gonna tell a story. There was a man who sowed some seeds. <laughs> Push to an eight if you want it. One minute. Push to an eight. So listeners that sync up with the storyteller, they're more likely to keep thinking about the story and talk to others about it. And whatever we retain and teach slash train, make it public, that reinforces the memory. And over time, can create a broader change in attitude. Lists, facts, charts, they might fit some situations, but research says stories wield a particularly strong influence over our attitudes and behaviors. And the other time, the other thing about a story is every time you hear it, you pull something different from the story. It's why we can be told stories over and over again. Listen, I have some favorite stories that I love to tell over and over again. Yes, I want to shame off you if you've got one of those stories. Tell it again. Tell it again. If it gives you joy to tell it, tell it again. See, we shrink back, we worry what other people will think, but some people need to hear it again. Jesus was not measuring his storytelling by the receptivity of the crowd. He knew. They're here. Some of them, not all of them, some of them, their hearts are ready to receive this seed. So he tells a story. The driving force that holds our lives together. In Matthew 13, and so tonight we say, Jesus hip, says in his own words why he talks chin, in parables. He says, hip, you will indeed hear, chin, but never understand. Hip, you will indeed see, but chin, never chin, perceive. For this hip, people's heart has grown dull, chin, chin, and with their ears they can barely hip, hear, and their eyes have closed, lest they should say, see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Psalm 78 2 says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundations of the world. 
Remember, I said that he hides the kingdom like leaven in dough in these stories. Get curious. That's why I'm here today. You know we got to get our curiosity up and our condemnation down. Lean into a parable. Lean into the story. All right. So the parable of the sower. The story of a man who goes out and sows some seeds. It's the first parable that Matthew records. Go ahead and be a seven and eight, whatever feels good to you. Let's read, let me read this, the story again. Holy Spirit, teach us where we need to be in the story, what we need to know, what we need to glean. The sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up. But since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell along thorns. The thorns grew up choked them and other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain some a hundredfold some 60 some 30 he who has ears let him hear now by verse 18 Jesus goes on to explain this parable he doesn't do it with all his parables but thank God he did so we could apply some of this treasure hunting by the power of the Holy Spirit in us and glean what we need to know and have it stay with us synchronized with our brain waves and our heart waves all our energy. All right, so we have a sower of seeds, and we have some seeds. A person that's sowing seeds, and the seeds fall on different terrain. Jesus highlights four different terrains, three troublesome one good four types of heart conditions soil conditions right we need to see our heart listen Jesus came for your heart your heart a lot of talk about our minds definitely he came for our mind too but ultimately to get after our heart things we desire long for love security these are hard things, but our brains, our minds, construct safety routes. And we travel those paths over and over to stay safe. 
but a heart that is ready for the Word of God is good soil. Good soil that produces 30, 60, or 100 fold of a harvest. But prior to that, we have the problematic paths. One is just a path. See it like a paved road. Well traveled. The second is rocky ground. So I want you to see there's soil, but at the surface there's also rocks. That's I just got done replanting some plants in a flower bed that I have and I was surprised that there were rocks in kind of the high parts of the soil. I'm like, how do they get here? And I don't know if when the gardeners planted, they, they just didn't turn it over enough. They just kind of plopped them in there. But meanwhile, these plants died. <laughs> so I got on my knees and my hands, pulled out my little trowel and people, I am not a gardener. And I started digging out, getting rid of those rocks, trying to get down to some fresh soil, turn the soil over so there's some air, some aeration, so the water can get in it. But rocky ground is not good soil. There's no root system. And the third troublesome condition of a of the soil or anything with thorns. All right, so let's go back into this because Jesus again, by verse, by verse 18, he starts breaking down the soil and explaining the conditions. So Matthew 13, starting in verse 18. Oh, I think I'm wrong there. It's not Matthew 13. <laughs> Hold on, keep moving. I think it is. It is, y'all. <laughs> Eyeglasses. Live by them. All right. So he explains the parable, and here we go. This is really important, the first sentence in verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. This is what sown along the path is. We need to back up and see hearing the Word of God and understanding it is very, very important because later he'll go on to say that the one who sows in good soil is the one who hears the Word and understands it. Woo, this is important. Anybody can hear the Word. A lot of apps, 
lot of even meditation apps. We need understanding. If our soil's going to be ready, we have to have ears to hear and a spirit of understanding. And guess what? The spirit of understanding comes from the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to encourage you right now, before we go any further, pray. Let's all pray right now. Use your mouth as you work and move. Ask the Holy Spirit. Repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I do not just want to hear your words. I want to understand your word. Help me. You are the helper, Holy Spirit. Help me so that I could stand on this word and understand it, not just be a hearer of it, God. Holy Spirit, give me the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Open your hands and receive it. And everyone say, in Jesus' name, say it like you mean it. It's an authoritative name. Listen, sometimes we think, oh, I need to say that prayer differently. I need to say that. Just say it like you mean it. And your soil of your heart is ready. Amen. So, we got a couple more songs. Nice and steady. So hearing the word and not understanding it is like the, so, the seed falling on a road. It's just going to get run over. There's nowhere for the seed to bury itself and germinate. I like to think of this and your brain as a neural pathway, a path of thought that you have traveled over and over and over again. You guys, last night, I had one of those thoughts over and over. I had to war last night. It was so dumb. And I was like, Lord, you know I trust you. Why is this thought just like chasing me? And he just wanted to spend time with me. I wasn't sinning. It just, it caught on. And it was trying to play itself over and over and over and lay down a path. And I refused it in Jesus' name. No. <laughs> so all night, I just, eventually I opened up my Bible, started reading. And guess what, you guys? It did put me back to sleep. Because the Lord gives his beloved sleep. But sometimes, this is war. I have an enemy. You have an enemy that wants you to hear the word of God and have no understanding about it. Distraction. And hearing it and not understanding it, there's nowhere for the seed to go because that thought of travel, that path you travel of thought, it's been laid down for years and years. But guess what, friends? Guess what? In my neighborhood, <laughs> over the last year, major road construction they have dug up the rough like it is it was bombed out we all had to take different paths a longer path to get to the main road it was annoying i'm like when are they going to be done with this road but here's the good news a path of anyone who 
has no ability to understand God, it can be torn up. And this is why we're blessed when we're cursed. We're blessed when we lose it. The wrecking ball's coming through. The backhoe, it is digging down into cement, pulling up. Praise God. So, ask the Lord, if you've got some paths of travel, you think you know God, and you just tell yourself the same old story about God and your life isn't transforming, repent. Let him tear up that road. The evil one will come and snatch away that seed. Listen, the problem is not with the seed. It's with the condition of the soil, your heart, your mind. Is it on a traveled path? Let the wrecking ball come through. Rocky ground is the next one. It's anyone who hears the word of God and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself. He endures for a little while, but when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, when the friends start teasing them, when the accuser accuses with shame, embarrassment, that person immediately falls away. Y'all, this is the story of my husband. (laughs) He had some rocky ground. He had some soil. He received the word with joy. Yet he had no root in himself. Guess what? This is so important. I had to give thanks to my dysfunctional Jesus-loving parents because even in their dysfunction, they planted a root system in me. (laughs) There were some rocks, but not as many as my husband. He's the first in his line to hear the word and have soil for it to land in. And the enemy came and after a little while, killed the root system in my husband. But he did not have parents who prayed for him, no aunts, no uncles. I don't know, I have to believe maybe somewhere down his generational line, somebody prayed for him. I'm gonna believe that. Because the lie of suffering is we're all alone. Somebody prayed you here, friend. Somebody prayed you here. It might have been your dysfunctional mama, papa inside of their drama. They prayed you here. And now we got to get rid of the rocks, the weights, the obstruction to the good soil so that your root system can grow. And when persecution comes and trouble comes, you know better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Now as for what was sown among the thorns, This is one who hears the word. So this is an issue about hearing because everyone can hear it. All the different conditions of the soil could hear the word. But the cares of the world 
and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. How many of you have some thorns? You care about the world, the cares of the world, the desires of your flesh, the riches. Oh, if I only could have this and Jesus, the Jesus and equation. It's unfruitful. It's a thorn. It's choking out the life. Choking. Right now. I love the the difference between the rocks and the thorns. Again, the rocks just had no root system within themselves. Their inner landscape wasn't ready. It was too shallow still. There still needed a wrecking ball. And honestly, that's what happened to my husband. The wrecking ball came. The backhoe came. Like the mechanical industrial size one came. (sighs) Tore up that road. Something inside of us is obstructed. And the person that has thorns, thorny soil, they're so focused on their outward. Look what that person has. Well, I want that body. I want that house. I should have that platform. Those are thorns. And it's unfruitful. And thorns are painful. Can I get an amen? And that is the definition of idolatry. Favorite quote, Tim Keller. Idols consume you as you pursue them. Disappoint you when you get them. Devastate you when you lose them. Painful. Cares of the world. Riches of the world. Unfruitful. Now, as for what was sown on good soil, let's see it in our hearts. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He has had his pathways of thoughts and feelings and actions torn up. Come on. I, I just, I, I'm sure someone could theologically take me to school on this, but I can't seem to find people that come to God in comfort and in rule and reign and kingliness of this world and blossom as a follower. It comes inside of weakness, smallness, a smoldering wick. He won't put out destruction. This is why don't despise it. God's at work. Good soil. One who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruits and yields a hundredfold, meaning his harvest. In some cases, a hundredfold. In others, 60 and another 30. Listen to this. This is so cool. Commentator in my Bible says that during these times, it would be considered a windfall 
if your crop produces 10 to 15 fold, it would be like, the, you would make the nightly news. Big deal. But Jesus says, for the person whose soil of their heart is good and wet, it's been watered by their tears, and they are on their knees with their hands in the dirt. This is the person who hears the word and understands it. And he bears a hundredfold. Another 60 and another 30. Now, some of you are like, hey, wait a minute. Well, I only got 30. They got 100. Stop it. Spirit is stupid. 30. 30 is a lot. When 10 by earthly measure was magnificent, 30. This is the one whose soil is good. Friend, I'm going to go quiet. One minute. Let him tend to your soil. Remove the rocks, remove the thorns, tear up the pathways. Let your sweat and let your tears water the soil, uproot the rocks, uproot the thorns. Good soil, 30, 60, 100 fold for the glory of God. Good soil, bring your good soil, Father. Good soil, have your way. Sweat, tears. Keep the soil wet, wonder ready. We love you, God. Thank you for this time. I am convinced there's some massive health that has risen into your people today. We love you. We give you this message back. Continue to bring the story to mind all day long. No rocks, no thorns, no rocks, no thorns. Say it with me. No rocks, no thorns. Good soil. In Jesus' name, amen.